0: Well, grace and peace to you this morning. What a blessing it is to be here today, to be here in your presence, and to be in the presence of God. We have so many wonderful things happening at this congregation. We're so grateful uh, for that collection that we took up earlier this month for school supplies. We've already handed out some of those backpacks. We're going to hand out more of those today. And so we were able to help 19 children who are in need get the school supplies that they needed. they needed. Also, part of our mission at LaGrange Church of Christ is to invest in other people, invest in people within this congregation, invest in people outside the congregation as well. One of the ways that you can do this is to adopt a child. I really encourage you to uh, think about that. There's a sign-up sheet in the back. We still have kids that need to be adopted, and so um, consider doing that. You can make a difference in the life of a child. And so this is Back to School Sunday and that's what we're talking about today and we'll um, honor our our students and teachers and staff here in just a minute. But we want to explore what it means to be an example to others. Who gets to lead? Think about that. What do we require of mentors? What do we require of our leaders? Well, experience is usually one of the number one things that, that we're looking for. And this is something that comes with age. And so we believe that a person needs to be older to be an example or to be a leader. We even put an age limit on being president. So you have to be at least 35. You know, it's against the law to, to, to run for president if you're 33. You have to be the right age. And, and there's a good reason why that we do this. Experience is a good thing. Wisdom typically comes with age. We're supposed to learn lessons as we live life. We're supposed to grow in maturity and character, but we also know that this isn't always the case. And all we have to do is is keep up with the news, and we'll learn about leader after leader who has experienced moral failure. And does this mean that we should just lower the bar? Well, absolutely not. However, we may want to expand our ideas about who can be an example and who can be a leader. You know, we've heard some passages read this morning about young people who were leaders. Jeremiah the prophet thought that he was too young for the job, but God thought otherwise. Samuel was dedicated to the Lord and began his training when he was just a few years old. Jesus, at the age of 12, was teaching the rabbis in the temple. And we could add more to this list. Josiah became king of Judah at the age of eight. David defeated Goliath when he was a mere boy. Now, legally, none of these individuals could be president of the United States, but God viewed them as ready to lead. And let's add one more to that list. The Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy, gives us these words in 1 Timothy 4 12 through 16. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity. Until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this. For by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Now, Paul doesn't tell Timothy, you're just too young to lead. Instead, what he does, he instructs him to be an example to others in the congregation who were older than him. And so youth does not disqualify Timothy from leading, just as it did not disqualify Jeremiah, Josiah, David, and even Jesus. This week, our, our students and teachers head back to school. And they will find, them in, uh, find themselves in positions where they will be able to lead. Now, we expect this of teachers. They, they are to lead our children. They are to shape young minds. They are to encourage kids to learn and grow. And, and this is a great opportunity. But we need to also recognize that it's a great opportunity for the students as well. They're going to be around lots of people their own age. And they can make a difference. They can choose to lead rather than follow. And so if you're someone who is young, or even if you're someone who is old, you might wonder, how does a person lead? And that's a good question. It's a question that all leaders need to contemplate because there are good ways of leading and there are bad ways of leading. Leading by force or power is not good, although it is common. Jesus tells his disciples that leadership in the kingdom of God is to be different. And it's not to be like this. The the world is going to lead by force and power, but, but we are to lead by serving. There are other bad ways of leading. Some leaders manipulate. Some are abusive. And thankfully, we've seen uh, some of these leadership wrongs unveiled in recent years. And people have spoken up about abuse and, and leaders have stepped down, sometimes even gone to jail. We need to recognize that there are bad ways of leading. There are unhealthy ways of leading. And not all leadership is good leadership. However, leadership can be this amazing thing because it can change people's lives. It can save lives. It can uh, give people purpose. It can empower people to be something that they never believed that they could be. And so good leadership makes this world a better place. And, And this is the kind of leadership that we're called to in Scripture. And so Paul instructs Timothy to lead by example, and he lists some of the ways that, that he can do this. He is to be an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. We might say it like this Be an example in what you say, be an example in how you act. Be an example in what you sacrifice for others. Be an example in how you relate to God. Be an example in what you don't do. And so let's take a look at each of these this morning. We'll begin with this one. Be an example in what you say. Words matter. If we are not truthful, or if we attach ourselves to untruths, it matters. Because it's going to impact our character and our reputation and it's going to influence others in a negative way and so not telling the truth is a bad way to lead but there's many leaders who do it because because it's a big temptation and there are reasons why people don't tell the truth when when people prioritize power over truth they often lie Um, some leaders they just don't want to show any weaknesses and they think that that's you know, telling the truth is going to reveal some of their weaknesses, and so they refuse to acknowledge their faults and so they lie. And Paul cautions Timothy against these temptations that the, the best way to lead the, the best way to, to lead is to be an example, and it's to always tell the truth. And when we tell the truth, we become a person that others can trust. Now the test comes when telling the truth is going to cost us something? You know, we're all going to tell the truth when it helps us, but what about when it hurts? Will we tell the truth when it helps the other side? Will we tell the truth even though it might cost me some money? And and these are important questions uh, because people are watching of course, speech goes beyond the issue of truth. It applies to you know, the kinds of words that we use and how we use our words and how we speak of others and more. And we should ask ourselves, you know, would others want to imitate my speech? Am I being an example in what I say? And this is where Paul begins and it gives us much to think about. Next, he says, be an example in how you act. And so it's not... Enough, just to profess our faith. We must live it out. We must serve God with more than our words. You know, we come together on the first day of the week to sing songs about loving God and loving our neighbors. But then what we have to do is go away from here and we have to do it. We must act in ways that that show our love for God. And so we cannot come here and just profess to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then go out Monday through Saturday and just love God half heartedly. And the same is true with our neighbors. And what, what leaders do is leaders back up their words with actions. And so let me encourage you to be a person who does. Be a person who acts. Be a person who serves. Be a person who volunteers. There are lots and lots of people in this world who stand on the sidelines and who complain. And they don't get involved and they don't help. They don't step up when they're needed. They talk a lot. And that's it. And uh, those people are not leaders they're not making a difference. Teddy Roosevelt was one person who understood this. He said this about those individuals. He said, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither show victory nor defeat. God expects us to act. James, the brother of Jesus, put it this way, so also faith by itself, it does not have works, it is dead. And so do you have a living faith or a dead faith? Because a living faith acts. A dead faith produces nothing. And so be a person who is known by others for what you do. Be an example in how you act. The next thing that that Paul tells Timothy is to be an example in love. And so in the Bible, what love is, love is sacrifice. It's what we do for others. It's not thinking of our own wants, our own desires, our own rights. It's thinking of the other and making a sacrifice on their behalf. Love is the good Samaritan sacrificing his time, his money, and his safety to serve a stranger on the side of the road. Love is Jesus on the cross. And this is the type of love that's going to change the world. This this type of love is more powerful than, than any definition of love that you'll find in this culture. We are a divided people. Because we worship the self. We refuse to submit to anyone beyond ourselves. If I do not like someone, then I'm going to cancel them. If I don't like the people I I live around, who live near me, if I don't like them, I'll I'll just move. If I don't like what the church says or does, I'll, I'll go to another church down the road. If I don't like the sign... On the door of a business, I'll just ignore it. If I do not agree with my gender, then I'll invent a new one. If I do not like the outcome, then I will deny reality. And this selfishness is prevalent throughout all of our culture. We bow down to the God of self, and it's not Christian. Instead, what God is calling us to be is to be an example in love. And we are to look beyond ourselves. And this shouldn't be surprising to us at all because the call to discipleship that Jesus gives us is to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross, and to follow Him. And so, how are we to be an example in love? Well, in another passage, Paul defines it this way He says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. What can I do for someone else today? What sacrifices can I make? How can I bless someone? These are the things that we're called to do. This is how we are to think. And we must remember that that when we are baptized, what's happening in baptism is we are dying. And we come up no longer living for ourselves, but living for Christ, and Christ lives in us. Be an example in how you relate to God. You know, as Christians, we we serve and sacrifice for others, but this is not all. We do this because it's what God wants us to do. And so our actions are not just about others. They're about God. And if we profess to be a Christian, then then people should be able to see in what we do and what we say that, that we have a relationship with God. And if we put God first, then people are going to notice. And if we choose God over other things, it's going to be evident. The word that Jesus uses for his followers is not Christian. I know that's the word that we often use, but it's not the word Jesus uses. Jesus uses the word disciple. And we need to recognize this because disciple has a specific meaning, it means an apprentice or a student. And so we sit at the feet of Jesus and we learn to be just like him. We have this ongoing relationship with Christ that transforms our lives and we begin to speak differently and act differently and think differently because we have encountered the living Christ and we devoted ourselves to be like him. And we do this when it's easy and we do it when it's difficult. We do this when times are good and when times are bad. We are faithful, no matter the circumstances. And we don't look at what others are doing. Instead, we choose to be an example in faithfulness. God is good. And the people around us, they need to see this. And oftentimes, the the only way they're going to experience the goodness of God is through interactions with people like us. And so what story are we living out? What do our actions and our words say about our relationship with God? Would others identify us as a faithful person? Because we are to reflect the goodness and character of God to the people around us. And we can only do this if we have a meaningful relationship with God and we are an example in faithfulness. Finally, Paul tells Timothy to be an example in purity. Be an example in what you don't do. As others are indulging the flesh and doing just whatever they want, we are to commit to godly limits. Now these boundaries that are given to us in Scripture, they are a blessing. They're not given to us to keep us from fun. They are given because they lead to flourishing and joy. If we do whatever we want, we will destroy our lives. And, And this is one of the main reasons we need to follow something bigger than ourselves. We need guidance from God. Because God is the source of wisdom, we are not. God is the designer of humanity, we are not. God rules the cosmos. We don't. And one of the most foolish things that we can do is to listen to ourselves rather than listen to God. And this is why it's important to spend time with God, to to read His Word, to pray, to, to, to worship, to be present with the community of God. Because if we're not regularly doing these things then we're left to our own thoughts and we follow them rather than follow God. And it's no wonder that that we have a problem with selfishness in our culture because we'd rather do what we want than do what God wants. But when we commit ourselves to following God and, and, and we do that, it keeps us pure. It's going to lead us down the path that we need to go. And purity is more than what we do or don't do sexually. It certainly applies to that, but it's more than this as well. It's how we speak and it's how we behave and it's what we devote ourselves to and how we treat others. And Paul says we're to be an example in purity. Now, those of you who are going back to school, you're going to have you know, lots of interactions with people every day. You're going to see people and talk to people and eat with people and sit by people. And every interaction you have is an opportunity. Barbara Brown Taylor says this, every human interaction offers you the chance to make things better or to make things worse. And this is true. And we could add to it, you know, we, we could say every interaction offers us the chance to do good or bad. To speak truth or lies. To point people to God or to point them to something else. And all of us have multiple interactions every day and, and each of these interactions matters. And so are we going to be an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in impurity? It's up to us. We get to choose. Will we make a difference or will we not? Will we lead or will we follow? In verse 14 of 1 Timothy 4, we read this, Do not neglect the gift you have. And this is what Paul tells Timothy, but it applies to all of us as well. God has has gifted us with certain talents and abilities. And every person here this morning has a gift. God has given you something. And God expects you to use it. We're not to neglect these gifts. We're to go out into this world and we're to make it a better place. We are called to be a light in the darkness. And the future is bright if we will lead as God has called us to. And so I'll leave you with with two questions this morning. How are you going to be an example? How are you going to be an example tomorrow, the next day? How are you going to be an example when you start school or go back to work? You're going to be an example in something. What's it going to be? And secondly, how are you going to use your gifts God loves you. God wants to use you. But you need to be willing. God is already working in your life. And so what's the next step? What you do with this blessing that God has already bestowed upon you? Think about that. Let's pray. Father God, we're so grateful to be here this morning in your presence. And we're so thankful to serve a good and loving God who wants the best for us. And Father, I pray that, that we would be an example to the people around us and we would use the gifts that you had given us. We confess that we are not perfect, that we often fail, and we're so thankful for your grace and your mercy. Father, help us as we strive to be more like your Son. And we would pray that the people around us would see Christ in us. Father, we pray that we could see less of ourselves in us and more of Christ. We're so grateful for his example and sacrifice and how he continues to lead us and bless us. And we pray this in his name. Amen.